Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello and welcome to a special edition of TV Black Box. Most of you know that I am a big Doctor Who fan and it's a great time being a Doctor Who fan in Australia because we've had a few Doctor Who stars out in the country at the moment. But more so with my next guest, Sophie Aldred. She played Ace in the 80s during a tough time for Doctor Who. She was there when the show was cancelled, in fact, but she made a stunning return to the series with Jodie Whittaker's final episode. But it's more than that. Doctor Who has always inspired people within the TV industry. I myself learn about chroma key, special effects and set design from Doctor Who and the behind the scenes magazines that came along with it. For TV lovers, there's always little sprinkles of something. Even if you don't like Doctor Who, watch the show or know who Ace was. But by the end of this, I'm sure you'll want to go and find out. Sophie Aldred, welcome to TV Black Box. Well, thank you very much, Rob. What has being in Doctor Who meant for you? Oh, my goodness, what a question. Um, in a funny way, it's given me the life that I've had. Mm. Um, I mean, I was 24 when I got the part and I'm... And I was so in love with you, by the way. Oh, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I was so in love with you. If I ever went to a Doctor Who convention and someone was dressed with you, dressed as you, I would be in love with them as well. Oh, <laughs> did they have the jacket and the bag and the everything? Yeah. <laughs> oh, bless you. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, that's no, all right. I, but sorry, what did it mean? I mean, it, it really <laughs> has meant, you know, well, it, for a start, it meant it's meant that I've travelled the world, got to speak, meet to some amazing people, um, been a lifelong friend of Sylvester McCoy, my doctor, mm. and met all the other doctors and companions, and had jolly times with them at, at conventions and comic cons around the world as well, and of course, just got to meet the most incredible lot of fans who mm. just have been so loyal to the program over the years and largely responsible for it being the success the worldwide success it is now so really yeah it's it's you could say without being dramatic it's given me my life amazing and especially at 24 as you said and and Sylvester's a little bit older than you but you can still see it today. Whenever I see a video or a picture of you guys together, there seems to be a genuine friendship. Yes, absolutely, without question. And that began straight away when we met. It was in, it's been incredible. 
He says it's because I laugh at his jokes. <laughs> well, that's which a good do, attribute. Which I do still. <laughs> I, I do find him uh, funny, um, wonderful, eccentric, um, really good fun to be with. And also he's really curious about the world. And I think that that is a very attractive quality in somebody. He just wants to find out about the world. Yeah. He was a marvellous doctor. Uh, he played the seventh doctor, of course. You came in towards the end of the series and and it's a shame you weren't on it during the height of its fame, but I think a lot of people have discovered you, especially coming into the new series again and everyone's going, oh, Ace is back. Uh, how was that coming back to a show that you did back in the 80s in 2022, uh, you came back to it? Yeah, it was extraordinary. And weirdly, although people say, oh, things must have changed such a lot, really the only thing that had very much changed was the size of the equipment. You know, the cameras mm. got a lot smaller. The uh, the way that people uh, set up shots is just the same. But that Jamie, um, who was the director, Jamie Magnus Stone, wonderful director, he was... Um, he had his iPhone and kept sort of looking at things, going like this with his iPhone, <laughs> like this. And I was going, what's that? What are you doing? And he said, oh, he said, I've got this app on my iPhone, which is checking which lens to use. I mean, oh, it's amazing. Like incredible what, what people can do now. However, the camaraderie, the fun, the love of the programme from the crew uh, was still just like it was. Uh, back in the day when we did it, it was it was a brilliant experience. Although health and safety has changed quite a bit, and I, it's interesting your relationship with Sylvester because I distinctly remember seeing the um, almost disaster that happened yes. on set, where you were water was coming over you, mm. and when you see the raw footage, which in Doctor Who fandom, there was no internet, but we all somehow got this footage yes. of, of this disaster that almost happened during one of the studio recordings where the water's coming down on you, which was part of the scene. You were in a tube, and the and, and the perspex, I guess it was, well, it was started it was cracking. It glass, and it cracked on yes. my hands like this. And mm. luckily I, I put my arm up and they hauled me out of this tank, but Sylvester reacted so quickly. Uh, you hear him yeah. saying, get her out of there. Yeah. And he went into father mode. Yeah. And he had your back. He so totally did. He, he I mean, it, what happened was that I came out of the tank and I could see the glass billowing out at the front, splitting the tank. And then all the water and broken glass came whooshing out all over the studio floor. And I would have been in with all that broken glass and, and water. So I goodness knows what, what would have happened. But, uh, yeah, he he pretty much saved my life that day. Yeah. Amazing. And, and obviously you went on to become a video that was used in uh, <laughs> in safety videos. Yes, from I star that day in forward. the BBC health and safety video. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, you, you mentioned that it was great returning to the show and... I spoke to Janet Fielding a few weeks ago and, and we talked about coming back to the show. But when you went on to Doctor Who, even though it was at the time of its cancellation, you know, around that time, the fan base is still so big 
that you must have felt the love around the world. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Even in those days, we were traveling to conventions um, in America. That was the first time I visited America. We were doing these um, things called pledge drives, which were a bit like kind of telethons, you know, with phones, old fashioned phones. People would ring in to pledge to yes. Doctor Who on and we would do sort of silly stunts in between. I mean, it was just it was wild. It was incredible. And well, uh, you speak about going around and doing conventions. You're still doing that. You're part of Supernova this weekend on the Gold Coast. Yes. Do come along, everybody. Absolutely. Uh, You can get tickets at Supernova. It's right over there. (laughs) Or it it will be tomorrow, just there. Sophie is talking to me from the Gold Coast at Broad Beach right now. And what do you still enjoy it? Or is it does it become a bit of a chore or do you still enjoy each each interaction? I love it because everyone is different and everybody has a different story to tell. And I am really overwhelmed sometimes by what people tell me at the table. I think that's true of a lot of us, actually, in the doctor Mm. community. People come up and say things like, um, I was really badly bullied at school and I used to just say to myself, what would Ace do? What would Ace do? And you helped me through a really difficult time. And there have been times when I've been moved to tears by some of the things that people have said to me about what Doctor Who has meant for them, and in particular the character of Ace, because she was a a different character to previous companions. She was a strong, young female role model, I guess. And uh, I had no idea in those days. I was just, you know, learning the lines, having a great lot of fun, doing the best job that I could, loving the character. I still absolutely love the character of Ace. And... um, Little did I know, little did any of us know that all these years later that we were making a difference to people. And Mm. really that's thrilling when people come and, and say what their experience of the character was. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And when she came back... For older fans like myself, when she came back with, for Jodie Whittaker's last episode, it was so nice to see her again and see that character evolve because when you think about it, a lot of shows don't give you that opportunity. Shows come and go. They have maybe seven, eight seasons yeah. if they're lucky and we never get to find out what happened, although things are changing now. <laughs> Every show's coming back. <laughs> but Doctor Who is one of those shows that's always been in our lives. There may have been breaks here and there, but now the show is at such a comfortable place within itself that it's not afraid to go back and revisit old characters. And that's a beautiful thing from people like yourself who've been involved with it, who've had a long history with it, off-air, going to conventions, but to be able to recreate that character on air and and show the evolution of that character must be quite satisfying. 
It's absolutely thrilling. And also to have had a hand in that development as well, because uh, Chris Chibnall, the showrunner, asked me what he thought would Ace would be like. Interesting. And, yeah. Uh, when, when, when he first asked me to come back. And so I said, well, I'm very happy with the uh, trailer for the season 26 box set that had come out, which was... yes. It's looking through this window. It's beautiful if you haven't seen it. Written by Pete McTie, um, who, you know, does a lot of stuff over here. And, yes. Uh, a good Aussie boy. <laughs> uh, Pete's amazing. And he his favourite character, he says, Ace, his favourite companion. So he was thrilled. I think he it. told Janet Fielding the same thing. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. They're, they're so fickle, these fans. <laughs> But Pete wrote me the most amazing trailer, and I thought, yes, that's exactly yeah. what Ace would be like. And I used that uh, as a kind of an idea for the book that I collaborated on at Childhood's End, um, where that developed the character further. And I said to Chris, well, I think she'd be like that. But what I would love to do in this episode, please, is to show that, you know, the the older woman has still got what it takes to uh yeah. to do all the running jumping and everything now when i told janet that as we were doing our takes running up the stairs several times with the cybermen shooting at us and she was like, <laughs> following <laughs> following after me she said some australian words to me uh and uh, <laughs> and i bet it wasn't rabbit no it wasn't rabbit <laughs> so she didn't thank me for it but I love I love the fact that he gave me so many stunts to do, just like the old mm. days. You know, the whole thing about jumping off the building and parachuting down, being shot at by Simon. And the great thing was that um, the first first day we got there, and our production schedules had things like um, uh, it said, "Oh, stunt person for." We had code names because we were being secret stunt yes. person. And I was a bit disappointed. I thought, oh, health and safety, they're not going to let me do my own stunts. Anyway, after the first day, that disappeared. <laughs> and Interesting. What was your code name? Well, it was. I think it was our initials as far as I remember, A1 or something, and then and Janet was T. Yes, I, oh, I was. I was okay. Uh, very simple. Not, yeah, very simple. <laughs> I mean, you know, a Doctor Who fan with half a brain might have been able to work it out. Yes. But, um, and Doctor Who fans have way more than half a brain, by the way. Probably, <laughs> I would say they you, have two brains. <laughs> yes. Um, well, depends which side of fandom. There's the highs and the lows <laughs> sometimes. Um, obviously, you've been watching the show, so you'd seen how it had evolved. But, as an actress going into the set of the TARDIS, I love the TARDIS. I love the very concept of the TARDIS. Yes. How different was it walking onto that set as opposed to the set you had always known as the TARDIS? Well, I hadn't done many interior TARDIS um, shots in my time. No, you're right. There, <laughs> there was weren't a, bit a lot. In Dragonfire where I yes. up and down and say wicked when the Doctor says, you know, come with me. Yeah, And then there was a bit in The Greatest Show in the Galaxy where uh, mm. I'm faffing around with Tom Baker's scarf and stuff. And um, really, it was a few boards like this and the console in the middle, and that was it. So when and we, Because the set had gotten smaller over the years yeah, because it, was it wasn't tiny. used that often. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really tiny. Mm. 
So really, it wasn't that much. But then when, of course, we went down to Cardiff, it was Janet and I were waiting for the moment when we could go in the TARDIS. <laughs> and uh, and I think it was Jamie, the director, said, uh, would you like to go in the TARDIS first? And everybody kind of hung back and let Janet and me walk through the door Brilliant. up to the TARDIS set. And of course, it's a 360 degree experience, yeah. you know? It's yeah, it's totally not just those different. three walls. No, it's, it's no, it's it, uh, it was it was unbelievable. It was, I mean, you just wanted to say, "Wow, it's big on the inside." You know, you really, <laughs> you really did want to say that because it was it was a totally, totally different experience. And then to have actually had a chance to fiddle with all those levers and buttons on the on the console, that was. Great. In fact, it was funny because we were all standing around for this scene, and um, and Bradley Walsh was uh, just about to pull this lever, and I said to him, "You can't, you can't pull that one because that's the one that makes the TARDIS go." And he said, "So, so, it's not real." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. What was your favourite memory of filming the show in the 80s? Oh, gosh, there are just so many I can't possibly say. But I think really overall working with Sylvester because it was my first shot at TV. How did you get the gig? Well, my agent put me up for three episodes for Dragonfire. In fact, it wasn't for Dragonfire. It was the previous story, Delta and the Bannerman, because... Mm -hmm. I could ride a motorbike. They were looking for somebody who could ride a motorbike. Right. And uh, and who looked younger than they really are. And um, and I went along thinking, I haven't got a cat's something. Yeah. What? You had no pressure because you expected nothing. No pressure, no. But I read the bit of script and I really it really resonated with me. Met the director, who was lovely, had a chat with him, did my stuff, and then thought nothing of it two weeks later got a recall and in those days it was interesting because you didn't have you didn't have all this palaver of like six million recalls and da, 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 da. Mm. but I didn't know really so I went back met the producer John Nathan Turner who you'd call the showrunner now and um quite an interesting man in himself what a character I walked in <laughs> and uh, it had Dalek curtains um re- very red the room <laughs> as far as i remember he was the only person in the whole of the bbc who had painted his room a different color than this sort of ubiquitous bbc oh, gray color <laughs> yeah and he had merchandise in a cabinet display with a pair of tom baker underpants right in the middle <laughs> Which made me laugh. Well, see, he understood merchandising before merchandising was a thing totally. and PR and PR stunts and well. all that kind of stuff. He was brilliant mm. at it. He would have mm. he would have been so brilliant today on something like Strictly Come Dancing or something like yes. that. I mean, he would have been uh, in his element. Anyway, I met him for 10 minutes and uh, went, went back to the other job I was doing thinking, well, I haven't got a hope in hell. Anyway, then my agent called me two weeks later and she said not only had I got this episode, but I would I be interested in uh, <clears throat> in taking over the role as the companion? Amazing. And I looked at my costume. I was in Fiddler on the Roof up in 
Manchester with with Topol, who was amazing, looked down at my sort of ragged costume. <laughs> I was in the back row of the chorus and thought, hmm, do I want to take on one of the most iconic roles on British TV? Hmm, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, you could have, you know, I bit their hand off. Anyway, it was extraordinary because I didn't even have a screen test for that. Um, amazing. And, uh, but you couldn't have known how big being on Doctor Who is. No. No, I had no idea because at the time, I mean, I hadn't watched it that much since mm, probably, well, Tom Baker. I'd, I'd seen a bit of Peter Davison and I certainly, mm-hmm. I do remember Janet in her air, air steward costume. <laughs> um, but I hadn't watched it very much and I didn't really even know that it was still a thing. But, I mean, to get that role without even... The first time that I went in front of a camera was the first day of filming. And I had to... Really? Ask, I had to ask Bonnie Langford where TV Centre was because I had oh no idea. Oh, my goodness. Everybody was saying at the end of the rehearsals, oh, yeah, see you at, see you at the centre, darling. Yeah, see you at the centre. And I went up to her and I said, Bonnie, where is TV Centre? <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. She was great. She she really looked after me. She um, And, of course, you had a reunion with her in the Jodie Whittaker finale when all the companions yes. were sitting around at the time. I've only just thought about that. Yeah. That, that would have been a reunion for you guys as well. We had a lovely day, actually, when we were filming that day. It was very surreal because people kept turning up. Bonnie came down the night before and we, we went and had a cup of tea in the bar uh, cup of tea. Like, it really was a cup of tea. We're both so boring uh, that we, but we had a cup of tea uh, and didn't stop talking. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, then the following day, everyone started turning up and it was mm. so lovely. There we were sitting in the sunshine uh, on the steps of our various trailers. There was me and Janet, Katie Manning, Bonnie and uh, Gemma Redgrave. And we were all sitting around just having a lovely chat and drinking more tea. It was, it was a very special day. And then, of course, when we got to the actual place and there's there's William Russell as well, and that was that was That's extraordinary to have yeah. him there. That kind of continuity of mm. companions was incredible. Absolutely amazing. And Obviously, when you're at Supernova this weekend, you'll have plenty more stories to tell. I will. And so it's pretty exciting that fans get to... I, I, I love I love that these happen where fans can get up, and cl- up close and personal and hear the stories. It's a great event, these events, aren't they? Oh, they are. Well, one of the things is they are so well organised that some of them, you know, you kind of whisk in and you see somebody for like two seconds and then... Yeah. But these are so well run and organized that you do we really do our best to make sure that everybody gets time to speak and everybody gets time to meet properly and then the panels as well are always really fun and really good and then the photos you know uh, having yeah. photos of people a sort of a lasting memory but no they are really good fun and for us we love seeing all the cosplays the most well that's the thing how do you feel when you see people walking around as ace well more and more people are doing it uh, of all genders it's amazing and uh everyone with their jackets and the and uh they've now you can go online and uh some great 
um, people around the world. There's a guy called Kurt and Patrick and Sean in the UK and the US. And they've put all their kind of research online. Crystal D in the UK, she's just done something on YouTube. So you can find where you can get your badges and patches and things. Oh, my all goodness. The, all the badges. And then you can make your own ace jacket. And I think that wonderful. is amazing. And then some people take that and they they get a jacket and they put their own things on as well, which is really cool because that's mm. exactly what I did. I ha- I've got a lot of my own badges on that jacket. So, Well, you created an amazing character, one that has lasted through the years. Like seriously, especially when I'm considering the Doctor Who was struggling a bit at, at, at that time. But you created a a character that has lasted the distance, has left such a a, a, a powerful memory in all of us, mm. and Ace is still as popular today, you know, as she ever was. So, congratulations on that. I'm really thrilled, and and I'm particularly thrilled with all the young people now who have yes. only seen Ace on the Power of the Doctor and are going, "Oh, who's this character?" You know, yeah. So it, sh- it showed me that. Oh well, a middle-aged woman still has that quality to um, absolutely fans. And then when they go back and watch Ace in her prime, oh, that's the wrong word. I don't mean in their prime, but you know what I mean as a younger days. Classic. It, it'll be quite interesting for them to see. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Tickets are available. Supernova.com.au. S-U-P-A-N-O-V-A.com.au. It's going to be a great event. Good luck with everything and thank you for creating such a memorable character. Thank you so much. 